This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Good to be here. Like Gifty said, my name is Donovan. And uh, before I dive in, uh, I just want to introduce you all to my family. I gave a few pictures to the guy back there, so hopefully we have them. This is my, uh, my daughter and my son, Ava and Daniel. Ava's four years old. That's my wife, Kirsten. Um, so yeah, Ava's four years old and Daniel is two years old, so we definitely have our hands full. Um, me being away for the weekend is a lot for my wife, but uh, she is very capable of taking care of those kids for a couple days. But uh, yeah, so um, Gifty didn't tell you this, but I work for a ministry called Resurgence, and Travis also works for Resurgence, and Resurgence is a ministry based in Edmonton, and our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. Uh, We've been gathering monthly in Edmonton since 2008. Uh, We're interdenominational, so every time we gather, we gather at a different church, and we invite believers from all across Edmonton to come together in unity, and it's a really cool expression. Um, I absolutely love what Resurgence is doing in Edmonton, and we actually have dreams of coming up to Calgary one day, and uh, so if you want to know more about Resurgence, uh, Travis will probably share a bit more tomorrow, but we also have a uh, a package at the back in the foyer there if you want to take a look. As well, Gifty did mention the notes. Um, They're actually pretty important. Uh, We're going to be taking a few different uh, times today of application throughout my talk. So uh, if you haven't grabbed the notes yet, um, you want to do that, that'd be awesome. It'll really help. Um, But yeah, so tonight I'm talking about hearing God's voice. And I think this is one of the most important things for us as followers of Jesus. When we talk about life in the Spirit, we have to be... We have to be completely consumed with hearing his voice. It has to be something that we seek after. Uh, We need to be led by him. Um, uh, I have a few videos that I want to show you, and uh, and then I'll tell you a story. Why don't you show the first video? I absolutely love this video. (laughs) You can go to the second one. (laughs) So when I was, uh, one of the things that I don't often Um, share about is I spent about four months of my life in northern Ontario working on a farm and one of the things that we did is we had sheep and I learned really quickly that sheep are the worst thing you could ever work with. Has anyone ever worked with sheep in this room? Any any shepherds in the room? Probably not because we'd be able to smell them. Um, Sheep are not fun to work with. They are extremely dumb. So basically what I learned right away is that if, if one sheep gets out of the pen the rest of the sheep will just follow. So you have to be really careful to make sure that, that, um, that because they just kind of are flock creatures. Um, and and w- the worst day of my entire time in Ontario, it was pouring rain, and we had to move the sheep out of the pen. We had to move them onto the truck. And the way that we moved the sheep is you would go to a sheep, you would put a bucket on their head, and then you would kind of lead them away. Because if they could see where they were going, they wouldn't want to go. But if you put a bucket on their head, they were okay going. And so literally in the mud, in um, just, just gross weather, we had to lead about 100 sheep out of this pen. And it was the worst. It was one of the worst days of my life. Um, but um, throughout the entire Bible, there's a lot of metaphors about our relationship to God. You know what one of the most used metaphors in the Bible is? We are his sheep. We are his sheep. Why would he call us his sheep? Why would he say that he is like our shepherd and we are like his sheep? Um, the, the pivotal passage that I want to look at today is John 10, 27. We're going to throw that up on the screen. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, 
and they follow me. When Jesus teaches us about hearing his voice, he uses this metaphor of sheep and a shepherd. And, and I think there's actually a really good reason for that. And that's because sheep are so tuned to their shepherd's voice that they listen to the shepherd's voice above everything else. Uh, I, I've done a lot of research on this because I'm actually fascinated by this metaphor. Um, and, and what I learned is that back in Jesus' day, sheep would often gather together. Shepherds would gather together. So you'd have about five or six different flocks of sheep. They would all gather at the same watering hole or the same lake. And all the sheep would kind of gather together and they would drink the water. And then when one shepherd would leave, he would start walking away. And then he would simply call to his sheep. And all of his sheep would follow him because they recognized the shepherd's voice. A different shepherd could walk away and start talking to his sheep, and the, the, they wouldn't follow that shepherd. They would only follow their own shepherd. And so when Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, he's saying that the people that follow me, my disciples, my followers, know my voice. They know it instinctively. They can recognize it. It's important to them. And they follow my voice. As I was praying for you all and preparing for this talk, I really felt like the Lord was saying that there are many of you in this room who are facing difficult seasons and you're in need of hope. And his voice is what is going to allow you to move forward in this season. He knows the things that you're going through. He wants you to know, Journey Church, that he is speaking, that he has been speaking, and that he will continue to speak. One of the things I saw when I was praying for you was like a radio dial. And I got this sense that this weekend is going to be a time of adjusting the dial. And we're going to clear in, we're going to tune in to God's voice and what he has for us. I don't feel that tonight I need to give you an apologetic or, or try to explain that God speaks. I think most of us in this room would probably believe that he does. But I want to spend some time tonight to give, to give you some tools to walk in a life of hearing God's voice for yourself. Um, and, and I'm excited. I'm going to be sharing on this tonight. Travis, tomorrow night, is going to be focusing more on the spiritual, other spiritual gifts and power uh, and things like that. I'm really excited about that. But tonight we're going to focus primarily on hearing his voice and on prophecy. And so I really believe that he wants to speak tonight. And so I want to pray to pray into that. And um, yeah, and I, and I invite you as I pray, just open your hands up like you're receiving a gift. So Jesus, we just invite you tonight to open up our ears to your voice. Lord God, I thank you that all of your followers can hear you. Jesus, it's not just for the special set-apart ones that, that get to hear your voice. We can all hear your voice. You speak to all of us. And so tonight, I, I just thank you for already how we've been led in worship and how I think the worship has prepared our hearts to receive what you want to pour out. And so God, tonight, I just pray that, that you would open the eyes of our hearts to hear your voice. Open the eyes of our hearts to know your love. Open the eyes of our hearts to know that you are the God who speaks and that when you speak, things change, things move. And so, Lord, we, 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 we pray, have your way tonight in each one of us, God. I, I just, I really sense there's a few in this room that have, um, maybe you doubt that God actually speaks to you. He, he wants you to know tonight that, that you're going to hear from him, that he has been speaking to you all along. So, Lord, have your way in us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm really excited to, uh, to share on this topic because hearing God's voice has been something that has, has literally changed the trajectory of my life multiple times. 
Uh, my wife and I, actually, in the purchase of our first home, the reason we bought the house is because we got a call from one of my friends when we were in the process of, uh, of buying this home. And, and my friend said to my wife and me, he said, for some reason, I was praying for you guys, and I got this number. And he gave us this number. And like, I kid you not, within 24 hours, we got a counteroffer from the house we had proposed on. Exactly that number. <laughs> you know, it's this confirmation from God that he speaks. Uh, another thing that happened, um, I spent uh, eight years working as a pastor at a church in Edmonton, a Baptist church. And um, when I felt like it was time to step out of my position and into something new, um, I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of doubts. I actually, uh, I had to take a stress leave. I was, I was under so much pressure. This was kind of right as COVID was going, right as it was all getting started. And during my stress leave, I had person after person come to me and say, you know, God, God's been showing me that you're in transition. God's been showing me that you, he has something new for you. He has something different for you. And on top of that, in my own personal life, I was having dreams. I was reading books. Scriptures were highlighted. I would be seeing things that just pointed to the fact that I was supposed to take a step of faith and resign from my job. And I just showed you my picture of two kids. And uh, I didn't want to just step into to something without knowing what was next. But I knew that God had been speaking. And then he'd been confirming it. And he'd been confirming it. And he'd been confirming it. And so I had to take a step of faith. And I responded to his voice and uh, my wife and I let the, the staff team at my church know that we'd be resigning. We didn't know what was next. We didn't know if I'd have a job on the other side. And uh, again, I kid you not, the day that my resignation went to the board at my church, Travis called me from resurgence. The same day. Travis had no idea that I was resigning that day. And he calls me and he says, hey, the board at resurgence wants to give you a job. God had spoken and he had, he had made a way. And so I just tell you those stories at the beginning to hopefully build some faith and excitement for when, we, when we're following a life yielded to his voice, he really, it really can change things. Um, so we're going to go to the notes. The first big section is why is hearing God's voice important? And the first thing is this. We are only saved because we've heard his voice. The only reason that we are Christians is because we've heard and responded to the voice of God. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The only way that we came to faith was his voice. For some of us, it might have been that we were, we were so far from God and we kind of had this like check in our spirit and our conscience where Jesus invited us. Others of us might have grown up in the church in different ways he spoke to us, brought us to where we were, but we wouldn't be where we are today without his voice. I think about uh, my daughter, uh, my firstborn, Ava. When she was born... Because the whole time she was in the womb, I had heard this. I had heard it's really important for the dad to talk to the baby when they're in the womb. I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> but I did that. And then I would often talk to Ava. I would pray for her out loud. I would bless her while she was in the womb. And the amazing thing was, as soon as she was born, she recognized my voice. And I, I, she would be sitting somewhere in the room and I'd start talking and she would know that, that I was talking to her. And... Um, I was thinking about that, and, I, and, and one of the things that, that I often think about with God is maybe one of the reasons that, that we, we have trouble hearing from him is because we, we expect it to be this grand thing or something that's so crazy, but the reality is that God's voice is actually the most recognizable voice. God's voice is the, the voice that sounds the most familiar, and that's often why we miss it. So we're only saved because we hear God's voice. Secondly, hearing God's voice is important because healthy relationships require two-way communication. 
That's just a, a really practical thing. I don't think I need to go much deeper than that. But in order to have a healthy relationship with God, it's not just us talking to him all the time. It's us listening to what he has to say to us. Uh, the next thing is that God desires to be an active part of our lives. Uh, those stories that I shared, all because we've decided to make God's voice a priority. The second half of John 10, John 10, 27, the verse about my sheep says, My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so it's not just hearing his voice for the sake of hearing his voice, but it's hearing his voice for the sake of being led. Uh, the next reason why hearing God's voice is important is because the Bible tells us that we need to eagerly desire to hear his voice. 1 Corinthians 14 is an absolutely amazing passage. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1 says this, Pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. So we're to eagerly desire, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And the one gift we're supposed to desire above all else is prophecy. The ability to hear from God and share it with others. I think that's pretty cool. That's the gift that, that, that Paul highlights in 1 Corinthians 14 first off. So if we want to be a church that is healthy and whole, we need to be functioning in the spiritual gifts. Prophecy is a high priority gift. It's actually the priority gift in 1 Corinthians 14. Um, and Peter, in 1 Peter 4.10, said this about spiritual gifts. As each one has received a gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so the way that we function in community as good stewards is by using the gifts that he's given us. Um, I found a really awesome quote by Chris Vallotton about prophecy and uh, another reason why hearing God's voice is important. He says that prophecy makes people feel what it might be like in heaven, as if they have some of the hope of eternity now. They feel like the rest of their lives are important and worthy because they are eternal. They matter to God on the most consequential levels. So hearing God's voice shows us that, that we have a God in eternity. We sang all these songs about the worthiness of God. I love that. I love singing about his holiness, his grandeur, how big, how good he is. But he cares about us on a, all the little details. And prophecy is a reminder of that. And I'll give some examples of that when we get to the more practical things. Um, the final point in this is that hearing God's voice connects us to God's heart for ourselves and God's heart for other people. When we're hearing God's voice, when we know how he sees us, when we're listening to God for other people, that, like, that's just love being manifest inside of us because that's God's heart. And so when I'm praying for somebody... Um, like, just to be really practical, I, I don't just want to pray my own words. I want to hear what God feels about that person. And so pretty much every time that I pray for somebody, I ask the Holy Spirit a question, like, God, do you want to give them something today? Or do they need healing from something today? Or do they need encouragement for something today? And every single time I ask him that, he, he shows me something, and I'm able to share that with them. Because it, prophecy, hearing God's voice, is about taking his heart and giving it away. So how does God speak? How does God speak? Um, again, this is super practical. And um, one of the things you're going to do right after this is you're going to partner up and you're going to share which one of these or which couple of these you've experienced personally before. And then you're going to share which one you wish you'd experience more of. So keep that in mind as I share these with you. And again, it's all on the sheet. It's all in the notes. Um, the primary way that I believe God speaks is through his word. Through the Bible. Um, I think, I don't remember who it was, but there was a a famous evangelist that used to say, if you want to hear the audible voice of God, read the Bible out loud. 
I think it's pretty, it's kind of, you chuckle about that, but I think it's a pretty profound reality that God has spoken through his word, that he continues to speak through his word, and that all claims of God's voice since then need to fall under this book. And so if anything is, says God said this, but it's not confirmed by the Bible, then it, I don't believe that it can be God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God speaks through his word. Next, God speaks through creation. Oh man, who saw the sunset tonight? That was amazing. I was like stirred up in faith as I was driving here. I almost like needed to, I needed to stop because it was so amazing and just watch that sunset. It was awesome. Psalm 19, verse 1 and 2 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech. Night to night reveals knowledge. So creation reveals God's heart. Creation is a way that God speaks to us. Uh, I don't know about you, but I find like one of the places I connect with God the most is when I'm in the mountains, when I get, get out to, to Canmore or, or somewhere like that and just be alone with the Lord or, or with my wife. And we just find connection with God there because his creation is just so beautiful. Another way that God speaks is through inner witness or our thoughts. I know this might be a little like, um, <clears throat> excuse me. God does speak through our thoughts. He, he, he speaks through our imagination. Um, I've heard the audible voice of God before once, I believe. But primarily I hear the voice of God. And it sounds a lot like my own thoughts. And, and there's a lot of learning how to decipher and how to, how to know and recognize what is God, what is me, what, what may even be the enemy, that there is realities there. And we'll talk about discernment in a little bit. But God speaks primarily through our thoughts. And so God may speak, you may just be going, uh, you may just be praying for somebody and like a random thought pop into your head. Or you may wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and somebody just comes to your mind. That's God speaking to you, I believe, and, and showing you maybe you need to pray for that person. Maybe you need to reach out to that person. God speaks through our thoughts. Acts 27, 9 and 10 is this really crazy passage where um, Paul is um, he's about to go on a ship. And Acts 27, 9 and 10. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because... Sorry, excuse me. Since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will bring injury and much loss, not only of the cargo of the ship, but also our lives. So Paul had this perception that something was about to go wrong. It was God speaking to him. It was God showing him something that was about to happen. He didn't say, I heard the audible voice of God. He said, I perceive in my thoughts. So that's one of the ways God speaks. God also speaks through visions. Um, he speaks through pictures. This is one way that God speaks to me quite often when we're worshiping. It's really cool because when I'm worship leading, I'll often like see visions over the room that I'm leading and I'll see people or I'll see like images. Like sometimes I've seen like water flowing over the people or sometimes I've seen like trees sprouting up in the room, like things like that. Like he visions from the Lord. Um, the Bible is actually a third of the Bible has to do with a vision, or there's a response to a vision. So visions are extremely important in the scriptures. Um, there's open visions and there's closed visions. Open visions are where you actually like see something as if it's happening in front of you. Um, that's where like you'll actually see um, 
some, yeah, I have to tell a story to, to, to bring this one to, uh, to practicality. My friend Jeremy, he was ministering in a small town, and, um, and he was walking outside with some people, and they were just praying for people in this community, and he saw this lady, and a couple of the, the team members went to pray for this lady, and while they were praying for her, Jeremy says he literally saw a TV screen coming up in his, in his mind's eye, and he said he saw that this woman was about to take her life. He saw that this woman had, like, the tools in her bag to go home and take her life. And so he went up to this woman, and he said, and he, he actually, like, by faith believed that. And he asked her, are you about to do this? And she said yes. And then he led her to the Lord. He gave her hope because of this vision that he responded to. So that's an open vision. Um, another way that God speaks is through dreams. Uh, my wife is a dreamer. I'm not really a dreamer. I don't remember my dreams super well, but she has very vivid and very direct dreams all the time. And uh, we're asleep a lot of the time, so why wouldn't God want to speak to us while we're sleeping? One of the ways that if you're a dreamer, if you really, um, if you often remember your dreams, I encourage you, write them down. Especially if there's like, an, a, like something in your spirit when you wake up, you're like, that was important. Like, write that down, because you'll probably forget it if you don't. Um, God also speaks through other people. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more later about how to receive a, a word. And then another way God speaks, I know we want to talk about being naturally supernatural. There are some weird things when we talk about hearing God's voice. Because God will often speak through re repeated numbers or signs or images. So this could be something like um, you're always seeing the same numbers everywhere you go. You know, it's these weird coincidences or things like that. Like, like one day maybe you see a whole bunch of animals that you never see on another day. Like, there, God has and does speak in that way. Um, again, it's not, it can be a little weird, and that's okay. In the Bible, there was a donkey that spoke to a prophet <laughs> at one point, or a donkey that spoke, and he uses different ways to speak. And so those are just some of the ways he speaks. And so what I want you to do, it's in your notes, so you got the questions there, but with a friend, two questions. How has God spoken to you before? And then what are some of the ways you'd like to hear him speak more clearly? So we're going to take about five minutes, just you and one other person. If you, don't, if you came here by yourself then, and you're comfortable meeting somebody new, I encourage you to do that. And if you're not, I encourage you to write down your own answers. So hopefully everyone's got an opportunity to, uh, to share. Um, there's a few. You'll have more chance in your group or partner tonight. Um, but uh, I just wanted us to, to actually engage with this, to think through like how we have heard him speak before. And hopefully that conversation that you started will will continue. Um, yeah, before I move on, I just wanted, part of what I really felt like I wanted to do tonight was just model, model this a little bit. And, um, and so I was praying on my way here, and while I was praying, Abel came to my mind. And so I just want to prophesy over you, Abel. Um, the sense that I got from the Lord was like, I just sensed his, his joy over you in this season. And what I sensed was that, um, <clears throat> that there's going to be some ground that you break but when you break ground, it's going to be broken for other people too. So when you walk through difficult things, when you walk through um, or, or like work through some, some different things, like you're actually going to bring breakthrough not only for yourself, but for other people. And I just got this like real, like God's heart over you right now is just celebration and joy. Like I'm not sure kind of what's going on in your life, but just there's a lot of favor over you right now. And, and I just really sense that God's, um, yeah, that, that you may be walking through difficult things. But the reality is that as you walk with joy, with the joy of the Lord, as you break through, the ground you break through is going to be broken for others too. So, yeah, be blessed. Yeah. 
Ah, so yeah, the next thing I want to talk about, and this is a really, this is deep, this is hard, um, but what are some of the roadblocks that we have to hearing God's voice, and how do we overcome these roadblocks? Because um, the reality is that um, this whole idea of hearing God, it's, it is a very, let's be honest, it is quite subjective. Some people hear God in one way, other people never hear God speak that way. Um, some people have maybe uh, had extremely negative experiences with someone claiming to have heard from God. And, um, and, and let's be honest, it can really hurt. Uh, maybe somebody's prophesied over you or you've had this amazing experience where somebody's spoken into your life and then they've had a tremendous moral failure. That's happened to me. Uh, that's happened to me with a few people. And, and so this whole idea of hearing God's voice, because it is so subjective and because it is so um, my- mystical, like, let's just be honest, it's, it's, not, it's not like super tangible all the time. Because of that, there can be some pretty significant roadblocks that we have to hearing his voice. And I think the first one, and one of the most profound ones, especially for people that grew up in the church, um, maybe even the Pentecostal church, is that we've had negative experiences with hearing his voice. Somebody has claimed, God said to me this, and it's been totally off. Or, like I said, there's been moral failure on the point of person who's claiming to hear from God. And, um, and I want to encourage you, if, if that's you in this room, and if one of the reasons that you're having a hard time hearing is because you, you've been hurt by someone who activates in the prophetic, if that's you, I want to encourage you tonight to forgive that person. I want to, I want to encourage you, just take some time to just picture that person in, in, in your mind's eye, in your heart, and just say, Jesus, I choose to forgive so-and-so. Because we can't let our negative experiences with one person in the prophetic taint how we hear God's voice in other ways. We can't. It'd be really easy for us to just kind of walk around and be like, oh, I have, I have a lot of trouble with this prophetic stuff because of this and this and this and this person. Forgive them. I honestly believe that, that I almost see that unforgiveness is like, uh, it's drinking poison and wanting the other person to get sick. And so when we forgive someone, when we release that, I believe that will release us to hear God's voice in an even deeper way. And, um, yeah, like I said, I was a Baptist pastor for eight years, and I, and I talked to so many young adults who just had a hard time as soon as somebody said anything about hearing God's voice because of a negative experience. And it just really makes me sad because God is so much bigger, and he has so much grace. And, and even in the Bible, the prophets, they weren't always perfect. They messed up. They made mistakes. But God's grace covered that. And so forgive, forgive, forgive. And then think through the negative experience and think through why was it a negative experience for you? What did it make you feel? What, what did it cause you to feel? Was it mistrust? Was it hurt? Um, and then take some time with the Lord and just say, God, come and heal that place in me. Speak to me today. Speak to me fresh. Um, a second roadblock to hearing, and this one is really, um, yeah, this one I think is really prevalent too, is fear. Fear can be a huge roadblock to hearing. Maybe it's fear of getting it wrong. Maybe it's fear of, um, uh, of messing it up. Maybe it's fear, fear that I won't be as good as another person. Um, but one of the ways that I think we can get over this roadblock is by practicing hearing God's voice in safe places with people we trust. Um, I used to... Uh, I used to have really profound fear of, of sharing prophetic words. And, and like I said, I've been getting pictures and hearing things for a long time. And, and, and fear has been something that, that I always struggled with. And, um, 
And I remember one day I was, I was ministering to some teenagers at camp and I was praying for this girl and I did that thing where I'm like, Jesus, do you have anything you want to show? And I was like, so I was just, I was fearful, but I was excited at the same time, you know, that feeling. And God gave me this picture of a rose. That's all, just a rose. I was like, that's weird, Lord. And, and all this fear started building up in me. I was like, what if I say that and it doesn't make sense or like, you know, all this stuff. And I'm making every excuse. And then I finished praying for her. I didn't do it. But then I came back to her later and I said, actually, while I was praying for you, I got this picture of a rose. The Lord wants to bless you and give you a rose. This is all I said to her. And she broke down in tears. I was like, what? What? What's that? And she said, my middle name is Rose. And she, I, I obviously didn't know that. And then she said, um, I feel like I've been seen by the Lord. And it was just this really cool, like, overcoming fear moment. And it was because I was in a safe place. If I had gotten it wrong, it, wouldn't, it would have been okay. Um, and so fear is very real. I still am afraid sometimes to release prophetic words. Like, it's, I, there are those times. But stepping out in faith in places you know are safe is one way to really overcome that fear. And, and, faith, is, and faith and love overcomes fear, right? Love casts out fear. And so when you're in a place where you know you're loved... It's a great place to be sharing what you're hearing from God. Another uh, roadblock to hearing God's voice is we limit ourselves. Um, we, 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 the lies we believe about ourselves can actually really limit how we hear from God because the lies that we believe about ourselves become the lens with which we view ourselves and they become the lens with which we, we filter what we're hearing from the Lord. And so if we see ourselves as like, no, God doesn't speak to me, or I've messed up too many times in my life for God to speak to me, or, or if we believe things like that about ourselves, then of course we're not going to hear his voice clearly. But when we see ourselves like God sees us, then we're able to believe that he speaks to us. Again, Jesus doesn't call us like, you great hearers. He calls us sheep. <laughs> my sheep hear my voice. And so limiting ourselves is one way that we can, we can almost put a wall up to hearing his voice. And so, um, and this can almost be theological too. I think, uh, I, like I said, I come from a Baptist tradition. I have many friends that would honestly believe that God doesn't speak anymore. And they, that's just how they live their life. And they believe he speaks through his word. But if anyone said, like, I have a word from God, they would instantly, like, shut that out. And, and obviously that can be a roadblock to healing or to hearing his voice. Um, but one of the things also that we limit ourselves is we, we almost make prophetic or hearing his voice something for like the better Christians or the super Christians, right? Like, but that's not at all what it is. Um, and, and another way that I've heard people limit themselves is that prophecy or hearing his voice is like a specific gift given only to specific people. But I believe that the spiritual gifts are for all of us, that everyone walks in the spiritual gifts. I believe that there is an office of prophet. We see this in Ephesians chapter 4, where, where, where Paul says that some are called to be prophets, and their, their function is to equip the church in the, in the prophetic. But all of us are to desire prophecy. And so we've we got to stop limiting ourselves. We've got to believe that we can hear. And, and honestly, I think part of the problem, and I'm... Part of the problem is that prophetic has often been limited to, like, person from the stage giving prophetic words to people out there. And so one of the things that tonight, we're going to each take a, a turn to prophesy over the person that we shared the last question with, because I think God speaks through all of us. And so as much as I would like to give prophetic words to everyone, I think we all should be giving prophetic words to one another often and not limiting ourselves.
Another reason that uh, we have a roadblock to hearing is that we have too much other noise going on in our lives. Man, this one is so true. For me, often, like, with two young kids, I've got so many reasons and excuses why it's hard for me to just quiet myself and hear from God. But I think oftentimes we don't hear from him just because there's so much noise. If it's social media, if it's internet, if it's um, voices of friends, if it's, like, even church can become noisy. When we have so much noise in our lives, it's hard to hear his voice. Sometimes he speaks very quietly, very slowly. Sometimes he doesn't say anything at all. He just wants to be with me. But I need to get away from the noise. We need to actually take time in our days to just quiet ourselves before him and listen to him. Um, Another roadblock to hearing is comparison. When we compare ourselves to other people, when we think, oh, I I don't hear God like that, or, you know, you watch a Sean Bull's video on YouTube, and he's calling people out of the crowd, and you're like, I'll never hear God like that, and all of a sudden you start to, like, compare, and you shut, when you do that, it actually shuts down what's on your life, because when you're comparing your anointing to somebody else's anointing, you're actually invalidating yours in some senses, and so when you see an anointing on someone else's life, and you really think that's awesome, praise God for that. Just say, God, thank you for the anointing that's on his life or her life. And then um, you're, you can pray, Lord, do that in me. Like, do this in me. Um, but don't compare yourself to them. Don't think like, oh, I want to be like so-and-so. No, we want to be like Christ. Christ is the one that, that we should be comparing ourselves to, and we will never reach out. We will never reach up to that standard. So he's given us his spirit. And we become like him by submitting to him in everything we do. And so these are just a few roadblocks. I'm sure there's more. Um, but these are the ones that the Lord highlighted to me as I was preparing. And so what I want to do next is uh, actually take some time to just be quiet before God and individually. And so there's a book called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice by Mark Verkler. And um, it's just a really good uh, template, I think, of how to engage with God and how to listen to his voice. And it's just four steps. The first is be still. Find a quiet spot, get comfortable, get rid of any distractions. Keep a notepad nearby for items on your to-do list that pop into your head. But just still yourself. Come before God quietly. Welcome the Holy Spirit by saying, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Come be here with me at this moment. The next thing to do is look. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Use the eyes of your imagination to picture Jesus. You might see in black and white. You might see in color. You might see a still image. You might see a movie on the screen of your mind. Use your imagination. Remember that people heard from God through visions all through the Bible. Jesus even used visions to connect with God. As you picture Jesus, ask him a question like, How do you see me? What do you want to do? Say to me today. How are you proud of me today? Or what scriptures do you want me to pay attention to? The next thing to do is listen. Tune in to whatever he says. What is Jesus saying? Again, his response might not be an audible voice, but God often speaks through our thoughts. It might sound like your own thoughts, but as you practice, you'll be able to more clearly distinguish what God says. And then the fourth point is write it down. Keep a journal of what God says to you. Write it down, unfiltered, just as you hear it. Then share it with other people. And they'll be able to help you figure out what was God and what wasn't. And so those four steps, that we're actually just going to do that now. And so in the, the notes that you got, 
There, what I just said literally is just written down there. And so what I want you to do is actually ask the Lord a question about what do you want to do in me this weekend? What do you want to give me this weekend? Um, because when we do our response time at the end, that's what we're going to pray for. We're going to pray for you that God will do that in you this weekend. And so, um, again, just go to your notes. Um, we, the worship leader is going to come and just play some quiet music in the background. And so I encourage you, just take some time and listen to him. Let him speak to you. And it's all written down. So you didn't have to memorize what I said. It's all in the notes. So let's, uh, yeah, Holy Spirit, speak to us now as we spend some time just hearing your voice. What do you want to do in us? We open up our hearts to you, God. Lord, I thank you that with just one word from you, we can be changed. I thank you that uh, we, we read in the, in the Bible just story after story where your voice came. People's lives were changed. People's confidence was restored. People's um, vision, their calling became clear. People who had hope or had a, who were broken or sick or, or struggling were given hope. So God, I just pray that we would hear that word tonight. What do you want to say to us, Jesus? I'm just sensing for some of us in this room, he's just saying, I got this. I got this. You don't need to worry. I got this. Since for some of us in this room, he's saying, he's giving clear direction. Like, I, I, I want you to take the step of faith. Since for some in this room, he's just, just showering love on. I want you to just receive my love in this season. You've been striving. You've been working. But I want you to just rest in my love. Thank you that one word from you can change everything. You're so good, God. You're so good, God. Yeah. Amen. All right, so we have one more little time of teaching, and then we'll do the response. Um, so <clears throat> the, the last thing I want to talk about is just how do we function in, in the prophetic? How do we actually live this out as a church, as individuals? What does it look like for us to hear his voice and to share it with others and to receive it from other people? Um, it's going to be super practical like it has been so far. And again, I've given you these notes so that you can continue to do these things as a regular part of your, your small groups or your church life or when you gather together. You can be sharing words with one another. Um, and so I have a few quotes that are going to be on the screen and just to kind of build our imagination in terms of what it means to function in the prophetic. Uh, Chris Vallotton says, It is therefore incumbent upon us as God's prophets and prophetesses to use our gifts to find the gold that lies buried in the dirt of people's lives. We must help them. We must help people in the world understand that no matter what they have done, their heavenly daddy loves them. Graham Cook says, When we prophesy, we encourage people to see who they are in Christ. We restore them to an affair of the heart. We build up their confidence and their ability to know the heart and mind of God. All prophetic people are ambassadors of reconciliation, restoring people to their rightful identity. Prophecy restores the heart. And Jack Deere says, When we expect and need his voice, even the simplest form of communication can become an occasion for a supernatural communication from God. That's what we're doing when we prophesy. Heaven is touching earth. We are accessing the heart of God, and we're allowing others to see and know that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we've been reading through this, 
um, a little bit already, but uh, if you keep going after the, the verse about pursuing prophecy, it says this, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, on the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding or strengthening, encouraging and consolation or comfort. And so when we prophesy, the, the function of prophecy is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. Prophecy is not like a club that we beat over people's head to be like, hey, you're in sin, stop being in sin. Prophecy is for the purpose of strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And so when we're trying to discern if something's from God and something from not, something's not from him, that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14 is the, the quintessential, like, simplest way of saying, is it from God? Is it prophecy? Does it strengthen, encourage, and comfort? Um, prophecy also isn't meant to be like an end goal. So it's not like we're just going to try and try to prophesy. Like, let's just make prophecy the thing that we strive for as if, like, once we're good at prophetic, we've got this. Prophecy is not an end goal. Prophecy is a sign that points us to Jesus. It's a sign that points people to God's heart, that helps them to see and know his heart. Um, when we get to a sign, we don't celebrate because of the sign. We celebrate because of what the sign is pointing us to. And so when we walk into the prophetic as a church, when we allow that to be part of our, 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 our functioning together, we can celebrate that because it'll illuminate the goodness of Jesus to us as a body. Another really practical thing when we practice prophecy is that we need to have grace for one another as we learn to hear his voice. Healthy prophetic cultures are places where people feel safe to step into what God is speaking to them. Even when they make a mistake, they can still have the faith to step out. And that's one of the reasons why when we're giving a prophetic word to someone, we don't say like, God told me. I never use that language, God told me. I say, I have a sense or an impression. I, I may say, I got a picture. Or as, or as I said when I, was, when I was speaking over Abel, I said like, Abel, like, I got Abel pictured in my mind and then I sensed this from the Lord for him. I didn't say God told me. And so we can have grace for one another as we learn to recognize what's God's voice and what's not. Um, another thing about prophecy is that prophecy becomes a normal part of our culture when obsession with Jesus becomes a normal part of our culture. Because when we're obsessed with Jesus, when we're obsessed with his heart and knowing him, of course we're going to hear from him all the time. We're going to hear his heart, hear his love, and we're going to share that with one another. Because sharing the heart of God comes from encountering the heart of God. And so how do we give words of prophecy? Again, this is super practical. The first thing is we test the motives of our heart. We test the motives of our heart. Am I giving this word um, out of love? Am I giving this word because I, I believe that this is what God is saying? Or do I have other motives in mind? Test the motives of your heart. Uh, another thing with uh, prophesying is unless you have a clear word to deliver before you pray for someone, ask God to reveal his heart for that person. And this could be a specific question for Jesus or picturing Jesus with that person, or it could be a feeling um, or, or a vision. It could be like a place that comes to your mind. So, um, and, and what I mean by that is when you're praying for someone, this is what I said earlier, take the time to say, Jesus, what do you want to say to this person? I don't just want it to be my words. I want it to be his words as I pray for them. Another reality of sharing prophecy is that um, oftentimes one of the best prophetic words is just simply a scripture. 
And so one of the things that, that I encourage people to do when they're new to the prophetic is ask God if there's any scriptures or promises from God's word to pray over that person. Just super practical. So when I'm praying, and, and this happened to me one time. We were praying for this lady in a home church group, and, um, and I just felt Psalm 23. So I opened my Bible, and I said, I feel like I have a word from the Lord for you, Psalm 23. And I just read it from top to bottom. And she came up to me after, and she was like, that was exactly what I needed to hear. And, and I didn't try to interpret it or add anything to it. I didn't try to, like, um, make it more than it was. I just gave Psalm 23. And it was really cool how that spoke to her in a profound way. And so oftentimes, the thing that God may be asking you to release prophetically is a scripture. And one of the, one of the really practical keys to doing this is to memorize your Bibles as much as you possibly can. You don't need to know all of the addresses of all the verses, but memorize the promises of God. Keep them close to your heart. And then what you'll notice is when you pray for people, you'll start to use the language of the Bible because that's what's on your heart. Um, One of the things, I I worked for a house of prayer, the House of Prayer Edmonton, um, about uh, 10 years ago, and we had a rule at the House of Prayer. The rule was that we always had to pray the scriptures. And so before we ever prayed out of our own language, we had to have a verse that we were reading. And then we would root our prayer in that verse. And that was one of the best disciplines that I ever had, where for a couple years of my life, whenever I was in a public prayer meeting, I would always pray out of a scripture. And that really helped me to, to give language to my prayers. And I think it actually helped me grow my prophetic muscles because it enabled me to, to prophesy from, from that place of knowing the scriptures well. Um, The next thing is uh, really practical. Again, don't use God said or God told me. Another thing is always share a word with humility. Um, Always assume that you can be learning from, from, or ask for feedback. Like if you share a word with someone, ask them, was that true? Did that resonate with you? Like that's sharing with humility. And the final thing is don't overshare. Like, if God gives you a word and you release it, don't try to figure out why he gave you that word. Like, I gave the story earlier about my friend with the rose. And I could have been like, God wants to give you a rose because this, this, and this, and this. And I could have, like, added a lot to it or tried to make sense of it. Um, But she didn't need that. She just, the one word was all that God was giving her in that moment. And so when we receive a word from the Lord, give the word, and then let God interpret it. Let him, if, if, he, if that person wants to go deeper in the word, then maybe pray together that God would give you more. But don't overshare. Um, so the final thing I want to talk about is receiving a word. Um, so it's really important to test the message. When someone gives us a prophetic word, we need to test the message. How does the message or teaching harmonize with the scriptures? Does it claim new revelation? 1 John 4 verse 1 says this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, it's really important that we don't confuse discernment with fear. Because I think a lot of people have used that verse as like a club over anyone who says anything prophetic. But the reality is that we are supposed to use discernment. And how do we discern? Again, is it in line with the scriptures? Test the spirit. Test the message. Is it claiming new revelation? Something that isn't confirmed by God's word. And um, if the message is more directive, like if it's a prophecy that's like, you know, maybe you need to quit your job, or if it's like something really intense like that, don't, 
I, I would encourage you, if you receive a word like that, don't just take that as God's word. See if there's confirmation from other people in your life. Does it resonate with your spirit? Test the message. The next thing is, is the messenger a person of moral character and holiness? Uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but diseased trees bear bad fruit. So is the messenger someone that can be trusted? Is it, and oftentimes you may not know, like if it's a speaker coming from out of town, like myself, you may not know. But that's a really important thing to be thinking about when prophetic words are being given. Um, the next thing is beware of the temptation to manipulate people or try to manipulate God to bring prophecy to pass. So this is the whole, like, God told me that you should marry me. <laughs> or this is the whole, God told me that you're supposed to give our ministry $1,000 a month. <laughs> Beware of those things. <laughs> I know it seems pretty obvious, but those are kind of the obvious ones. But there are less, there are more subtle ones kind of like that. And so just be careful if people are using prophetic words to try to get something from you. Or, or prophetic words to try to, like, make you react or respond a certain way. Another thing is be sensitive to how your spirit responds when someone gives you a prophetic word. So if someone gives you a prophetic word and it just doesn't feel right, that may be the Holy Spirit saying, that wasn't for me, and that's okay. But if it's like resonating deeply with you, even if it doesn't make sense, but you have this like check and you're like, oh, I got to pay attention to that, then pay attention to it. We can trust the Holy Spirit in us to lead us when we receive prophetic words. Um, Next is the word given from a place of love. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 2. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have all faith, but I don't have love, I am nothing. It's pretty, pretty clear. Is the prophetic word given from a place of love. And the final thing that I want to talk about before we actually practice this together is we need to know the original well enough to spot the counterfeit. When we recognize God's voice, when we know his voice really well, we're going to notice right away when something's not from him. I think of uh, like bank tellers who can spot counterfeit bills right away because they handle real money so much. And so as soon as they're given a fake bill, they know it. It's part of their training. They just spend hours just handling money so that they, they can spot the counterfeits. It's similar. We need to spend hours and hours handling the real thing so that when we're hearing and receiving things that may not be in line with what he's saying, we know it right away. Know the original well enough to spot the counterfeit. And so now with all of this really practical stuff, I feel like I'd be doing you a disservice not to give you an opportunity to actually try to hear his voice for somebody else. And so I want to encourage you now to get back together with your partner uh, whoever you shared the first question with, if you're with your spouse, I might recommend you like teaming up with somebody like somebody else to maybe hear from somebody who's not your spouse because it can, because uh, it, it might be, it's a little different when you're prophesying over your spouse. Um, but uh, I want to encourage you now, just take some time to, uh, to hear God's voice for another person. There are questions that you can ask in the, uh, in the, in the workbook there. Uh, there's a couple, I'll just share them with you now. So one of them is like, God, if you were to play a game with this person, what would you play with them? Um, I've asked that question before, and, and I got like catch, like backyard catch. And I shared that with the person, and, and it really like resonated with their heart because they used to do that with their dad. 
right? Like that sort of thing. Um, if you were to give them a gift, God, what would you give them? Is there a scripture or biblical promise that you want to encourage them with now? Is there any specific way you want to speak to this person's current season? Is there anything you want to speak about this person's calling or how God sees them? So those are just some questions you can ask Jesus for your partner. When you get an answer, give it and just see. He may really move in this time. So let's be bold and let's, by faith, believe that he can speak to us and that we can hear from him for for our friends. Okay, (laughs) awesome. (laughs) That's good. Cool. So who would say they heard from God for their friend? Awesome. Praise God. That's amazing. He's speaking. He's moving. That is so good. So what we're going to do, we have a a prayer team available tonight. And uh, these people would love to pray for you. And so we're going to take some time now to respond. And what I asked you to do when we were spending that time in silence was just asking God, what do you want to do in me this weekend? What's something you want to do in me? And so uh, I want to encourage you during this prayer time, just come forward and maybe just say to the prayer team member, like, I feel like God wants to do this in me this weekend. And just have them pray that that would happen. Um, it may, you could also ask them if they hear from God for anything for you. Um, but, but let's take advantage of this, this tonight. And, and I believe that God really wants to encounter our hearts. And, and he wants us to, uh, to just tangibly um, come forward and receive tonight. Uh, I'm looking forward to what Travis is going to share tomorrow. He's going to be talking a lot more about power and the spiritual gifts. And uh, he won't have as like notes. <laughs> we were joking. He's, he's the Pentecostal and I'm the Baptist. So it's like, it's just kind of how it goes. But um, I believe we can expect him to do amazing things in our life. And uh, we can expect him to encounter our hearts. And, and I want to encourage you now. Let's, uh, let's all stand. Before we do the group prayer, or before we do the response prayer, uh, somebody came up to me while they were sharing and just shared one of the big roadblocks that she's seen is unforgiveness and unconfessed sin. And so there may be some of us in this room that are really having a hard time hearing God's voice. And one of the reasons might be just unforgiveness and unconfessed sin. And so Psalm 51 is this amazing prayer that David prays after his um, adultery with Bathsheba. And he actually prays this prayer of confession. He says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your great mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Let's just take some time. Just, Lord, is there any sin in our hearts that we need to confess before you? Holy Spirit, is there anything that's blocking what you want to do in us this weekend? Is there anyone we need to forgive? Anyone we're harboring bitterness towards? We just need to release to you tonight. Let's just take some time, just a little bit of silence. Just deal with that with the Holy Spirit right now.
51 goes on, David prays, O Lord, open my lips that my mouth would declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You don't, you're not pleased with burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So God, we come before you now just with this posture of repentance, with this posture of saying, God, anything in me that might hinder what you want to do in me, God, that it would be broken, that it would be, be cast away, Lord God. We turn away from anything that would hinder love. We turn away, Lord God, and we say, have your way in me. By your mercy, by your grace, Lord God, reveal yourself, Lord Jesus. Pour out your grace and mercy, God. the prayer team to come forward uh, as the worship team sings this this is an open altar so whatever you feel like you need from the lord i want to encourage you to come forward um, if you want to just come forward for the sake of, of just being with him and just focusing your heart before him i want to encourage you to do that um, i didn't share this earlier but one of the ways that god often speaks to me really clearly is in worship and what i do is i actually like posture myself i lie down like i lie down face down I just picture myself before the Lord and ask him to just reveal something to me. And there's an enormous sanctuary. So if you're one of those people that you receive from God more by yourself, I want to encourage you to just find a space somewhere in the sanctuary and just like let him speak to you as we worship. Um, but I, I would love for you to come forward if you need prayer tonight, that God would do in you this weekend what he wants to do. So the altar's open. It'll take one brave person and then everyone will feel comfortable. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let me pray for you, and then we're going to respond. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you speak. I thank you that you have a plan for us this weekend. I thank you that you want to encounter us this weekend, Lord God, and I pray that we would. Lord Jesus, I don't want this to just be words. I want this to be your spirit. And so, God, we invite your Holy Spirit to have your way in us. We prayed this earlier. Gift, you reminded us of this earlier. I believe this weekend is a seed, Lord God. We're going to be sowing a seed of faith this weekend that you're going to grow in us, Lord God. The seed of trusting that you speak, the seed of trusting that we can hear your voice, that we can move in the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord God, whatever you want to do in us this weekend, have your way, Lord God. I, I don't just want to come up here for a good for good feelings God I want you to do the deep heart work that only you can do and so encounter us now by your Holy Spirit I thank you for this amazing team of people who want to pray and so Lord God even as they pray I pray that your spirit would give them prophetic words pictures visions for each person Lord God and those of us who just want to receive that we posture ourselves before you that you would speak to us now in Jesus name Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.